Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Zanzel here, and welcome back to another episode of Queer Business Success. Today, I'm very excited to welcome it to the program, Patrick Diamond. His business is called the True Success Academy. Patrick went from growing up on the goat farm in Ohio to building his first million dollar business in his early 20s, which was an LGBT focused recruiting firm working with Fortune 100. He worked hard on everything but himself. So he lost everything and ended up homeless and living on Skid Road, spending his 30th birthday in jail. Patrick started 10 more businesses until he realized that the reasons things didn't work out and the reason why he was so unhappy had nothing to do with his ideas or how hard he was working and had everything to do with his mindset. Patrick teaches people how to overcome the limits they've put on themselves and achieve true success and get out of poverty in their minds, no matter if they already have millions or in the bank or are starting from zero. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. It's, I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to hear all, you know, your your story sounds really interesting. So tell me a little bit about your queer story and that first business that was doing great until it didn't do so great anymore. Yeah. So, um, well, I guess my queer story, I mean, I, <laughs> like I said, I, I grew up on a goat farm in Ohio and, um, and I knew I just didn't really fit in. You know, I had a rough time. I was being abused at home, was being abused at school. And, uh, basically one day I came home and my mother had found in a drawer. So this was, well, you know, this was back in the day. So this was in the beginnings of the internet, like America Online. And I had created a web page uh, and it, on it, it said that I was looking for a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I came home and, and my mother was a narcissist. <laughs> so she uh, didn't say anything to me. She just had it, it. She pulled out of the drawer and it had this printed this, this out. And basically it evolved into her saying that it disgusted her to look at me and that she always oh. knew her, her big thing was, I always knew you would do something like this to us. Uh, so, so really, I mean, I, and, and I left, I mean, so at that point, you know, I experienced really homelessness for the first time as, as a, as a teen. How old were you, Patrick? I was, uh, 18 years old. So I was Mm -hmm. just turned 18. So, Mm -hmm. and I was on my way, I put myself into college. So, and then, you know, I did that all on my own. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with that. So, but I still, there was this period where it was several months before I would leave for school. But luckily, you know, I, I had a support system. I had people uh, that I worked with uh, in a golf club where I worked mm-hmm. and, and they, they uh, put me on the couch for a while and mm-hmm. I shuffle around it, but I would go on and obviously, you know, there were a lot of challenges. I'd go through a phase where I'd go through a phase of prostitution 
to support myself. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, it didn't end up in drugs or any of those things until later. But uh, I did in my early 20s. I, I turned that around. I got out of prostitution. I actually started my first business uh, that was mm-hmm. called Candidate 5, what well, was really the second business. And we were, in, at the time, it was GLBT recruiting, but you know, this yeah. was some years mm-hmm. ago. So we we basically worked with, worked with Fortune 500 companies to help them implement strategies towards recruitment and retention of GLBT, LGBT professionals. And so... Uh, so that grew exponentially. The challenge, of course, I look back on it now and I, I recognize that went on for several years. We grew that to a $5 million valuation in the middle of a funding round and everything collapsed. And that was in mm-hmm. 2008. Yeah. And, and so now at the same time, I blamed everything on the financial collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, really looking back, I recognize that there were two major issues. And one of them was, uh, one of them, well, it's, it all comes down always to resourcefulness and not mm-hmm. resources, right? But at the time, of course, I blamed everything on everything else. Mm-hmm. I also was, uh, my ego was huge. I had adopted mm-hmm. the narcissistic tendencies of my my mother as well. And mm-hmm. so I was closed off. I did not accept feedback, criticism. I wanted to prove that I was right. But really the 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 major issue was that I was I was building something that I wanted to prove that I had worth. I can now see that. Right. When really had I been more mature and been able to, it was such a great cause and such a great focus, and people were really into it. But I never outwardly, it might've looked like I was there for that, but really I was there in order to prove to the world that I had worth. And so of course, when that failed to me, that meant that I was a failure and having, and you were were worthless, right? right. And having grown up being told you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. You're just like your alcoholic father, all of the, you never finish anything. You know, that was it. And so, and I'd already gotten into drugs a bit going through that. It looked outwardly. I had all the markers of success. I had a great place in West Hollywood. I had two cars, you know, I mean, everything was superficial. So I remember waking up at 27 years old, I woke up at Cedar sinai hospital and I had tubes coming out of my throat. Mm-hmm. I had overdosed, but at the time that most, for most people, that might've been a big wake up call, but no, I just kept going mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be several years before it would all collapse around on me. And, and that's what, you know, my 30th birthday, I, I spent that in jail. So, wow. so when did you get into recovery? It would be several more years. I mean, I spent a year and a half, uh, home. I mean, I actually ended up on, on skid row, uh, in L in downtown LA. So mm-hmm. to go from having the, built the pinnacle. Thing, yeah. yeah. Crashing all the way down. So I like to say I went from CEO to Skid Row back to CEO, just to realize that I never wanted to be a CEO in the first place. So there was that last part there, the realizing I never wanted going back to CEO and realizing I didn't want to be one in the first place. That took quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, but it would be several more years before I would start to turn things around. So it took me about, and it was really uh, like three and a half years. And a friend of mine was listening to audiobooks uh, or to an audio uh, program. And I actually bought a CD program about anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had been to over 20 different mental health professionals and I was on every medication that they were giving out, right. uh, but nothing really worked. But this was, it was cognitive behavioral therapy based. Yeah. So it was CBT. really based on changing the way my thoughts work. Right. And so at that point, things started to shift mm-hmm. and I started focusing towards what I wanted instead of what I didn't. So that, that was really when the recovery began. And, and I, and then I, I met a coach 
Mm-hmm. And my, my coach, she was the first one who said, look, Patrick, because I couldn't even say the word jail because mm-hmm. to me, that was like, my life was over. And she said, it was her, Lori Coop. <laughs> she actually said, my, my first mentor said, Patrick, you're, I could see you're definitely afraid of this. You're going to have to get on the stage and you're going to have to tell people about this. And that's the only way you know, that you're going to, that, that, well, that, that, yeah. That. And that, that strategy works because when you name your shame and you talk about your shame, there will be people that will always give you empathy and they douse your shame with empathy. And then the shame doesn't have as much power yeah. anymore. So you're yeah. able to say, Hey, I was in jail on my 30th birthday. And it, it like, it's like saying, Hey, I got a cup of coffee at Starbucks this morning. Yeah. And it's so free and it's, it's yeah, it's awesome. Well, Go on. I'm sorry. Oh, no, but that's congratulations. That's an incredibly big feat. You know, learning to um, overcome our shame is often a lifetime process, pops up in all kinds of ways. Yeah. So you met a coach who changed your life. <laughs> I, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I would say I, I, she would say too, that I changed it, but it it gave me some perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about you and what you do now in your coaching business. So now I'm, I'm primarily a a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started coaching in 2015, but I still had another business that I had started in 2013. I thought, well, I need to finish this out. So I said, I would do that till 2025. But luckily, I just came to realize that my true calling, what I really love is helping others to let go of the things that hold them back and, and really go for what they, what they love to do. So I always knew that I loved working with people. So I recently let that go. And now full-time, what I do is my motivational speaking, is uh, my coaching and consulting business. And, and it's, it's really about helping people get to true freedom, right? True success mm-hmm. is freedom. So time freedom, location freedom. And I think the, the biggest thing, so the biggest thing now I think that defines me is I have never in my life So it's been great. You know, I mean, it's been a great journey. At the same time, I I couldn't have recognized how powerful it really would be, even though the hundreds of books I've read and the thousands of hours of audio and the courses Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But to actually now be doing every day what fulfills me. So to get to go to bed excited, to wake up excited, you know, I don't need an alarm clock. It's incredible. So getting through that, like putting myself through things that logically will have to do this. And you know, it's challenging doing, starting the business up again at full. But at the same time, I'm just, I feel very fulfilled. And, and I think that's what I want to get across to people is if you really go for what you love and learn to shuck off the things that we think that we should do and really follow our heart, the more and more we do that, it's, it's, it's incredible. So that feeling that I'm experiencing is what I try to help others uh, to be able to well, feel. Well, first of all, you're obviously someone who's an entrepreneur. You've, you know, that's not the big problem with you. Some people have all the skills and the entrepreneurship is harder and then vice, then there can be vice versa. What I hear most of all is that you really love connecting with people and showing them that there's other ways to live their life to be able to, I love coaching too. It sounds like to me, you found your purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell us some of the ways that you found your purpose? So if somebody's listening to this mm-hmm. and like, I want to find my purpose, how do I do that? Like I found my purpose 
it was a long road going through ministry and coming out and coaching later in life folks and now coaching businesses. But like now I'm happy. Like I, even in my own coaching business, which was fairly successful, I was, I was gotten to the point where I had been working with people in trauma and suffering because I had been a hospice chaplain. And I just, I listened to myself and, and I was like, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. So then I shifted to something new and that brings me joy. How about you? How did you, you know, I mean, yes, you, you had a lot of chaos and a lot of tumultuousness. How did you like really find your purpose? Well, I think it, it really comes down to just as, as you said, as you stated, you know, you said, I listened to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it comes down to. It, it really comes down to, okay, I've just done this thing, or I have to do this thing. Am I excited to do it? Or am I avoiding it? So we hear about self-sabotage a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And really the symptoms behind it. So procrastination, for instance. So with procrastination, it's either we don't know one of three, it's one of three things. We don't know the why, the how, or the what. So mm-hmm. now the why is the most important. Why am I doing this? And we have to ask ourselves, well, how does this align with my true why? Right Now that can be a little bit difficult to figure out at first, but the easier way to the easiest way that I've found and that I help people uh, to, to do is to just you know say, okay, I after I'm done with this certain task, am I sad that that task is over? Would I like to continue doing that? Or do I say, oh my gosh, I hope I never have to do that again. Now, those are the two. <laughs> yeah, one yeah ten, I get right? that. 10 is ten is like, this is, this is awesome. I love this. One, I hate this. And please, nobody make me go through this. And, and so if we really, now my coach earlier, and she said, listen to your body. I was like, what are you talking about? Listen to my body. That sounds very woo woo. But in reality, now I recognize that what I think she really meant, uh, which is where's the energy? Mm -hmm. Am I energized by this thing or does it drain me? Mm -hmm. And one great way to approach this is to actually focus on, instead of time management, starting to focus on energy management. So a great exercise is to go back over the last two weeks, print out your calendar, for instance, and draw a little up arrow or a down arrow next to every task that was in there and every appointment. And think back to at the end of that, was I recharged or did that drain me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then taking that to another level and putting a one to a 10, 10 being I could do that every day. One being, I don't ever want to do that again if I had a choice, (laughs) right? And a five being neutral because we get caught up in the logic. Like I should do this. I have to do this. You have all the things that we tell ourselves, things that aren't facts. And we have to remember that thoughts aren't facts. So by combining those, those points by saying, okay, by in the moment, does time just go by? Oh my gosh. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I love doing this. Uh, and for me, I can remember when I went full in and I had you know, been a coach for 10 years as a hobby. But I remember in November last year when I went full in, I sat down for several hours and I formed my new LLC and I did all that stuff. And I remember looking at the clock and being like, oh my God, four hours had gone by and I'd been sitting in the chair and I didn't even recognize it. Mm-hmm. Right. So and so yeah. that's that in the moment, you know, being able to do that, just looking at the signs. And like you said, it's, we want to be happy. And right. when we do that and we let go of the things that we're doing because we think we should, and it, it can be challenging. It was not easy for me to, to shut down my other company. I had to, in some ways, let people down. And, and, and there were some people who, who didn't necessarily understand, but most did. Most saw that what I do 
you know, my coaching and speaking is what really energized me. So I think that's really what I would say along those lines. Look at the energy. Well, and also too, when we let go of the expectation, expectations of other people, it is much easier to be ourselves. I mean, people who grow up in chaotic situations are also habitual people pleasers. And yeah. so we learn how to people please because as children, that's how we stayed safe. So you just, you know, you made sure the adults in your life were happy so you could be safe. And so then, then when we come into the, like our adulthood, we are so used to people pleasing. We don't even like, sometimes people don't even like see how we people please, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I will be a recovering people pleaser for the rest, as well as a codependent person because I grew up in an alcoholic home. It's something that I have to deal, you know, something that I have to be aware of for the rest yeah. of my life. And that's one of the things, like, I'll never forget. I used to go to Al-Anon meetings and my dad was pretty bad alcoholic. And um, I went as an adult and I, I'll never forget like having this aha moment just because I know this about myself doesn't mean it's quote unquote cured, <laughs> you know, like just that I know that I have a tendency towards yeah. this or ten doesn't mean that it's gone. I still have that tendency and I have to like sort of be very aware of, of myself. And I do that a lot through meditation because through meditation, yeah. I'm able to become very aware of my thoughts and have real curiosity around my feelings. Like, so for example, like you said, a feeling is just a feeling. It's just a feeling. And most feelings only last 90 seconds. The most they last is 90 seconds. So it doesn't tell us who we are. And so being able to meditate or being able to use some form of meditation, whether it's sitting on a cushion or walking for hours or biking for hours, whatever floats your boat, it gives us the opportunity to recognize our thoughts and to be curious. Like, why am I feeling shame right now? Why am I feeling guilt right now? I really shouldn't be. And so it's it's really important to do all those things as, as well as the other things that you mentioned. Yeah, so, absolutely. And so, I'll just put it in there that I look at, I like what you said there. I like to look at our feelings as actually like a dashboard light in the car. So we have the light that says check engine. For me, I like to actually uh, view that as that light says check thoughts because mm -hmm. right? our feelings are often rooted in our thoughts. So I look at it, I get a feeling because I still uh, the trauma of being homeless, you know, mm -hmm. even it doesn't make any sense, but maybe a client will fall out of my program or cancel or something. And I might, it doesn't matter how much money, I mean, I can go back to that, like, oh, I'm going to be, oh, but, oh, wait, is that real? I oh, know, no, 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 a lot yeah. of good stuff that you put in right there. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, what's the biggest challenge of your business right now, Patrick? The biggest challenge right now is, I would say, part of me wants to say staying in action. I would say, though, it, I think it just always is managing our emotions, managing uh, just the, and it's not overwhelming, but just the energy of you got this, keep going. Yes, this is how this is supposed to be. I mean, putting aside the perfectionism is important and, and takes energy going forward. Is this okay the way it is? Yes, it probably is. And do I, I just need to act. So it's putting one foot in front of the other. Action, taking massive action, just keep acting. That is the most important thing to success. Don't stop, keep going, no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, and I do a lot with clarity with my clients, you know, and they think that when I say clarity, I mean that all of a sudden the clouds are going to part and you know exactly what's going to happen and you're <laughs> going to just head towards that marching proudly towards that vision you have and really clarity is about one step at a time. 
Yeah. yeah like, you start marching towards it and you'll get knocked over. And, well, and also to just think of it like San Francisco, the clouds are going to like the fog's going to lift and it's going to be a sunny day. But really, it doesn't lift with us perseverating, meaning wondering, oh, should I take this step or should I take that step or should I do this or should I do that? Just take a step because if it's not the right step, you will then take another step that will get you closer to the right step. And it's like, I have a really great model that I use, which is with the comfort zone, comfort zone, fear, learning, action. You know, like you were talking that you were going to be doing some social, you know, justice action after this call. And so you're now at this phase in your professional life where you're using those skills to, to actually do action from all that. You'll go back to your comfort zone again, and then you'll have to push yourself forward. It's And once you know, that, oh, it's just fear. Like, uh, I'm just scared. I'm just scared. I'm just going to do it. I'm scared. I'll just do it. And because once you realize that fear is actually just a feeling, yeah, that's all it is. It's just a feeling. And so you just sort of have to push through that. And that sometimes that's really challenging. I find the universe throws a lot of things at us sometimes, but you know, once you get past your, the only thing that holds us holding us back is, is we're in our comfort zone is fear is what holds us back. And once we go through that fear, that's where the growth happens, which is really amazing, you know, and then you just learn to do it over and over again. Yeah. And oftentimes you can even relabel it. I mean, you know, fear feels pretty similar and identical in many cases to excitement in the body. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes that's what I'll just check. Wait, am I scared or am I excited? Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. What you were saying was, yes, getting started going out here in West Hollywood, for instance, and and actually having to go in and talk to the owners. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was avoiding it. And so that's what I mean by managing you know, that, that mindset. I was avoiding it. And I said, look, just do three. Yes. And you know, just like when I go out running, mm-hmm. I'm just going to run around the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've run three miles, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. It's right. very rare that I will just run a block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just, just keep swimming. Just, just act, just act, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just call us Dory Jr. What are your biggest successes right now? Uh, the absolutely the biggest success is, is I feel like really I have broken free from um, the the clouds, but at another level, at a level where it's like because I now have the, the perspective and the awareness of truly for the first time in my life, every day doing unencumbered what it is that I really love and 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 saying no to things that might bring me money, for instance, or 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 sometimes I have to let clients go. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've, no matter the financial situation, even saying I can't, I'm not going to be able to view, you know, this is outside my scope or, or just having to let that go. So I think that is frankly the biggest success, which is really the freedom to know, uh, the freedom through know that comes through knowing I have overcome so many things and what I'm going through now or what I might go through. It's just about seasons. Yeah. And so it's it's knowing that I've got it. I've mm-hmm. got me. I love mm-hmm. me. I love the experience. I love everything that I've been through. And it's great. <laughs> well, and what I'm hearing is that you're letting go of this scarcity mindset. That Absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, I used to get when I was when I was first starting this, I mean, I would work so hard to try to make us, you know, because 
I have people come, you know, with my later in life community, I have people coming to me. They know me through all my stuff that I've done through that. And then I would work so hard to get a sale. And then if I didn't get a sale, I feel like I would start to get nervous. And, but then now I don't even like, I, I know what I offer. I offer a really good program for people. And if they choose not to take it, that's okay. <laughs> you know, I teach them well. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. you know, I have a really great program. I have a really great community and I'm okay if people don't take it because I trust that the universe has a plan for all this. And that's how I, that's my belief system. And so not that not everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that. I believe that it's going to be okay. I've always been taken care of. I've always made money. I could, you know, I could even go back to bartending if I had to from my early, I could go back to, you know, as a pastor of a church, I could go back to doing that, you know, but I don't get so anxious about it anymore. It's like a wisdom or a settledness in my body to know that it's, it'll be fine. You know, fine. And it's really, and, and if you can, like, I think it's important as coaches to be able to convey that to people because sometimes people get so incredibly anxious and they think everything's going to fall apart. Like I, my, the women I work with often say, I'm destroying my family. And I'm like, you're not destroying your family. You're changing your family. That's, you're just changing it and it'll be okay. And most of them find out that I was right. <laughs> yeah. And that settledness that you talk about too is um, I, uh, talking about being fulfilled. I mean, that is, I think you were asking about the success, you know, my success, that is the feeling that comes along with it. It's knowing that what we're doing is so aligned, or it's maybe not even knowing, it's just the feeling. It's so aligned that the ego isn't there anymore to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, my gosh, I might not be able to keep my car or or whatever. Or, you know, for me, I was hanging on before to these things. It just doesn't matter anymore. If I have to go and live in a tent for a while mm-hmm. to, to get this message out, I actually would do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're conveying too. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's a real showing that shows that you're, I, I believe, really doing the work mm-hmm. that fulfills you. And that that's a great signal for it. Yeah, it, it, it really, it's been a long road, but I'm really happy that I'm here. I really am. So being a coach, what would be your one piece of advice for people who are saying, Hey, I think either I would say, let's say people who are thinking about becoming a coach. And then I'm going to, I'm going to add a second question to that. What's your one piece of advice? So for people thinking of becoming a coach, I would say one of the Wow, there's so many things that I would say, but mm-hmm. I would ask why, you know, um, what's your big why? Yep. I would ask why, you know, wh- why do you really, 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 you know, want to, I would say, get a coach. If mm-hmm. you don't, how much are you willing to invest in yourself? And so those things kind of connect. And I would mm-hmm. probably say, read The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. That would, <laughs> that would be. Well, yeah. And so then what about for somebody who is seeking a coach? What would you advise them? What should they look for when they are looking to work with somebody? Hmm. So somebody seeking a coach, I think it's important to, uh, to really look for the markers of why, again, somebody is a coach. So it's important to interview them as well. So why do you do this work? Are they a professional coach? Are they somebody who this is their hobby, for instance? But I think that it's important to also come up with some desired outcomes ahead of time. 
mm-hmm. because it can be very easy, especially we're talking about the people pleaser thing. Mm-hmm. It can be very easy to, we go and talk to one person or this happened to me multiple times with therapists, even for instance, like I have one session. Okay. Now I'm in it. Now I have to be in it. So I think it's good to first, you know, sit down and write, write out, you know, what are three things that I would like to get out of this. Uh, And also when I leave a successful session, what are three words for how I want to feel going out of it? Not only is that going to help you get clarity on the process or on the work that you want to do, but it also helps to, it helps to make the job of the coach Mm -hmm. easier as well. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah so, they can help you reach your goals, right? Yeah, and and to look for coaches who are service oriented, mm-hmm. uh, those that have the experience, at who are who who first seek to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I've been talking to a lot of coaches lately. I'm sure, you have. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, I'm sure. Well, we'll talk. We have. Some we'll stuff. talk afterwards. We won't say this on air. <laughs> Okay, Patrick Diamond, it was wonderful to have you on the show today. How can people find you? And who is your ideal client? Who do you want to serve? Hmm. I mean, my ideal client is someone who's already they've they've gotten they've they've gotten some things accomplished. They've achieved some things and they just feel like they feel stuck. They're high functioning, but they feel stuck. They're burnout. They're tired of the direction that they're headed in and they want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's time. And they've made up that their mind that they're going to do what it takes. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're ready Mm -hmm. to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and as far as uh, tracking me down, so I'm on Facebook, but my, the true success academy.com, you can reach me through there. And um, I'm always happy to be of service and and see how I can help. And if, if I might even just refer someone to some other resources, but, uh, but I'm here to help. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us we'd love to have you on the show just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest until next time queer friends and allies keep taking care of business